Aren't you glad you are where you are today and not where you used to be? Well, let's make our confession. It is so true. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. Heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have the victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Can you say amen? Well, give the Lord a hand. You can be seated. Good to see all of you. Great miracles coming out of Florida and out of Texas. And Bill and, and uh, Carol Cobble's uh, uh, daughter doing well down there in Florida. Brad Marshall in Houston, or excuse me, in Victoria, Texas, working with uh, Terry Henshaw and the Edge Ministry, doing great. Also working double duty with Samaritan's Purse. They have him on leadership team now. He said, it's really kind of exciting. I think they know what they're doing. He said, the first time they sent me out on a team, second time they sent me out as assistant leader, now they're sending me out as a leader. So he said, it's been a crash course. But he said, the emotional high of going in and helping people, bringing them water, bringing them food, helping do a roof, helping them just love on them and pray for them. And he was really impressed with Samaritan's Purse. This is our, as a ministry, first time to have one of our people directly involved with them. And we feel to be more involved. Uh, they're on the cutting edge of helping people around the world. So we thank God for all of you. Pray for Ted Reilly. He decided to fall off a ladder and cracked a rib. So uh, we need to pray for Ted. And Father, we do pray for Ted. We know he's... What happened? Oh, is that? We do pray for him. Let him heal quickly in Jesus' name and let him handle the ladder better the next time in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Good to see all of you here. You are in the right place. I got a, a word for you today. And as I was praying about this message, I kept uh, just hearing, um, um, is your pump primed? Is your pump primed? Ask your neighbor, is your pump primed? And I got, I got a little pump here. Felt like I was supposed to get this little pump. Didn't tell you about it, honey, because yeah, I knew if I told you about it, you're going to ask me all sorts of questions. And I wasn't even sure what I was going to do with the pump. All I knew is I needed to get a pump. But uh, I got a pump here. And uh, the Word of God is, is very clear and very true, and that it's the will of God to bless us in everything that we do. And if our faith is built up where it needs to be, then we will go forth with great confidence. No matter what we see, we'll know what God said, and we'll know that we walk by faith and not by sight. So we're not going to be moved by anything. How many of you have sometimes moved by something? Uh, it doesn't work out quite the way you'd hoped it would, and it can, it can really take a toll on your faith. But the Word of God says that, that, that the, the Word of God is our faith, and that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So the more word that we hear, the more strong our faith becomes, and that we all have the measure of faith. So we're going from glory to glory. We get the word downloaded in us, and, and, and the power of God begins to come into our life. The definition of faith, which many of you know, is that we have, we, ha we have faithfulness, conviction, confidence, trust, belief, uh, of trustworthiness, persuasion. We have an inward confidence that God can do anything that he says he can do. Let me see the hands of all the people you really believe that. Let's just say, I have, I have. 
and inward confidence that God can do whatever he says. So therefore, our part with our faith is just to find out what did God say, and that's what we believe, and the issue is settled. And it's really that simple. Danny Jones, fighting the fight of faith over there to believe for the healing that he already has, that he's going to see though manifest in his life, but God gave him that healing, he believes that, and he is going to have that, and he is progressing ahead, and he is doing extremely well. If you need healing in your body, it is the will of God to heal you, and we're going to pray for that in just a few moments. But I was praying for, praying, I just kept hearing this pump, 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 and I saw this pump, and year, oh my goodness, I was a little kid, a couple years ago, and uh, but we'd go to a farm down in southern uh, Indiana, my, a relative of my uh, parents, and uh, I always loved to go. There's a little guy had a BB gun. He'd let me go out and shoot it, and and uh, it's just an old farm. And they had a pump. How many of you were raised on a farm or ever went to a farm and you know the old pump and you have to prime it and get it all ready there? And the water, the, I guess the deeper the water, the better it is and it's more fresh for you, more healthy for you and, and more pleasant. And, and the water would always taste different down there, I know. But I would always love to go pump that thing. And sometimes when you go out and that pump handle just fall down and fall down. And then my, my, uh, my, uh, it was a relative of my mom. Uh, he, he would explain to me, you, you got to prime that pump, Billy. You got to get that pump primed. And then that water will flow. Well, uh, it, it reminded me of a motivational speaker that I had met one time years ago back in the, in the sixties. And I just really loved this guy, a Christian, uh, Zig Ziglar. How many of you have ever been influenced by Zig Ziglar? See you at the top. One of the best motivational books, uh, uh, ever written. Uh, he had two segments of, of see you at the top. I don't know how many you know that. One of them was segmented for the general population, the other segmented for uh, Christ-centered, and uh, he wrote it for schools, and it was really awesome. He's going on to be with the Lord right now, but one of, one of his famous uh, motivational topics was priming the pump. And, and so as I was praying about this message, I kept hearing that Zig Ziglar, uh, remembering and seeing Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar. So we pulled it up for you here. So let's take a look at Zig priming the pump for your life. Inspiring true performance. Because I believe this is a story of life. I believe it's your story. I believe it's the story of America. I believe it's the story of success. I got a couple of good friends who many, many years ago were riding around in the South Alabama foothills. It was a hot August day, and uh, they got thirsty. Bernard Haygood was driving, Jimmy Glenn was the passenger. They pulled behind this old abandoned farmhouse, and uh, Bernard hops out, he ran over, and there was an old uh, pump on the well, and he grabbed the handle, and he started the pump. How many of you have ever used one of these old-fashioned water pumps? Can I see your hand, please? Okay, well, he had just a pump in a way, you know it. After about three or four minutes, he said, Jimmy, Better get that old bucket over there and dip some water out of the creek. We're going to have to prime the pump. How many of you know what I'm talking about when I say you've got to prime the pump? Well, for you underprivileged non-pumpers, that just means you've got to put something in here before you get something out there. See, unfortunately, a lot of people stand in front of the stove of life and they say, Now, stove, you give me some heat, then I'll put some wood in here. That ain't the way it works. You've got to put something in before you can get anything out. So many times, you know, the employee goes to the employer and says, give me a raise, then I'll start coming to work on time. Or so many times, uh, they will come to him and say, make me the boss. 
Now, I know I haven't been here very long, don't really deserve to be the boss, but I just function better when I am in charge of things. You reward me now, and then I promise you, I'll learn what this business is all about later on. Reward me now, and I'll produce later. It doesn't work that way. Can't you just see a youngster in school saying, teacher, if I take a failing grade home, my parents are going to skin me alive. Pass me on this quarter, and next time, I'll study more than anybody else. Reward me now. I'll produce later. It doesn't work that way. Can't you just see an old farmer standing out in the fields in October and saying, Lord, I know I didn't plant a thing this year, but if you give me a big crop this year, I'll plant more than anybody next year. It ain't that way, folks. You got to put something in before you can expect to get anything out. Well, he's just a pumping away. You know, that's hot. It's August. I mean, uh, the question is just how much pumping are you going to do for a drink of water? And finally, old Bernard said, you know, Jimmy, I don't believe it's any water down there. Jimmy said, yeah, it is, Bernard. You know, in South Alabama, the wells are deep. And, oh, we're glad they're deep because the deeper the well, the cooler, the cleaner, the sweeter, the purer, the better tasting the water. And isn't that true of life? Isn't it true that if you could become an MD by six weeks of summer school, that the rewards would be almost minimal or nothing? And how many patients would you have? Isn't it true that if you become a sales expert in three days of a training school, that the rate of pay would go down rather radically? Isn't it true that anything worth doing is worth doing poorly? Until you can learn to do it well. We'll never know how many kids have missed a college scholarship because they didn't study an average of 10 more minutes a day. We will never know how we come so close to promotion, but we grew discouraged and quit too soon. We'll never know how much more success we would have had had we just had a little more pumping in there and pump and pump and pump and pump. Well, finally, old Bernard just got disgusted. He threw up his hand. He said, Jimmy, there's just no water down there. Jimmy said, don't stop, Bernard. Don't stop. If you stop the water, Water's going to go all the way back down, and then you're going to have to start all over. The reality is, folks, and I'm totally convinced of this, this is the story of America. This is your story. This is the story of success. This is the story of life. I believe with all of my heart that if you will pump long enough and hard enough and enthusiastically enough, that eventually the reward is going to follow the effort, and then once that water starts to flow... All you got to do is just keep a little easy, steady pressure on it, and you're going to get more water than you can possibly use. The basic problem is this. So many times people get involved in something, and they'll say, well, I'll give it a try, and if it works out, that'll be good, and if it, if it doesn't work out, I mean, hey, I ain't going to kill myself. You know what I mean, fella? Well, I got to tell you something, folks. You're going to pump forever like that before anything happens. When you get into something, grab that sucker and get with it. And then once the water starts to flow, then, ladies and gentlemen, that's what Strategies for Success is all about. Let's give Zig a hand. He's up in heaven right now. <clears throat> you know, the Word of God, I, I could relate to this as I was watching it again. When we go out to that field, you start to pump this pump. And, and, and I keep thinking of it in relationship to faith. And you'd just pump it, and you'd pump like this, and it would be like there's nothing. And then you'd pump forever and ever and ever, and then pretty soon that water would start to come. The old boy was right. He knew what he was talking about. He was a farmer. He knew how to pull that out of the deep and how to bring it up. That's what we do with our faith. We go into the deep, into the supernatural, into the Word of God, into the things of the Holy Spirit. And if we'll pump it long enough, 
And if we'll stay consistent, all of the blessings are going to come and flow. Jesus said that the most important thing we need to do is to have confidence and faith in God. And that if we have faith in God and whatever God says, then that's Mark eleven twenty two. then we're going to see the hand of God move in our life. And that we have all of the faith that we need. Tell your neighbor, you have all the faith that you need. But if you don't use it, it'll go dormant on you. And all of us face tremendous victories and also situations and things that happen, blessings. Pam and I have been in the natural realm. We have been fairly wealthy, that God has really blessed us, and we've been fairly poor in the natural realm. But we've always had our confidence in, in God. And like John Osteen said, Many years ago, before we went to heaven, I've been rich, and I've been poor, and it's better to be rich. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and tell them, it's better to be rich. You can help a lot more poor people when you've got money than you can when you don't have money. And so what we have to do is realize it is the will of God to bless us. And this is, is, is what I envision. You know, in my life, I can relate to pumping this thing until the, the faith is built up there. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you know what? I am really seeing this thing work now. And, 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 and the experience is that it'll just, you don't have to pump hard once you get that prime. But you got to get the prime. Prime, if you look up the word prime in relationship to life in general, it means the very most important thing. The prime is the very most important thing. So how are we doing? Well, got all of our bills paid. House is going to be paid off real quickly. Everything is going really well. And then you're living down in Florida, and all of a sudden your house is destroyed. What's going to happen then? be pretty easy to let go of this pump. Or you could say, you know what? God's going to use all things for good to those who love God. And strengthen, and he'll strengthen them. He'll replace. So therefore, I'm going to be okay. I'll be able to rebuild. Or you may be somebody like the Colbus daughter. They don't have to. They're going to be able to help somebody else rebuild because theirs wasn't damaged. So we go through life realizing that as long as we keep pumping that faith and pulling the word of God and the power of God, everything is going to be okay. But all of a sudden, you know, you're coming along here, and I've used this example before, but it's so real in my life and the things that Pam and I have been through. you got a Pastor Billy Joe Doherty out there in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he's pumping this pump, and everything is going great, and he's doing what God thinks that he's called him to do. How many of you have ever done something that God, you thought God told you to do, and it turned out that it wasn't God? May I see your hands? Oh, my goodness, looks like a lot of us. We did it with a pure heart, though, didn't we? We were going down the path we thought God wanted us to do, and all of a sudden we realized that this isn't around, not the right path. And all of a sudden, Pastor Billy Joe Doherty finds that he's $3 million in debt, trying to build a church for the glory of God, and he got $3 million in debt, and he can't service the debt load. It would be easy to let go of that pump and walk away from it. But instead, he turned to God, he turned to the congregation, he turned to his wife, and he said, I have made a mistake. Let's all practice something that would be really good for us. I, let's all say this after me if you don't mind. I have made a mistake. Sometimes the quarterback throws an interception. There is not a quarter. By the way, speaking of football, I, I, I don't mean to always be talking about football, but we're in that season. But uh, we got Bill and Sue O'Brien here. Their, their quarterback threw, was involved in seven touchdowns for Jeff. Now they're 5-0. and He's doing awesome. However, we sit there and watch him throw a perfect completion. That night. The only challenge was the guy had on the wrong uniform that caught the ball. It was a beautiful pass <laughs> right to the guy. 
And I'm sure when he watches the game film, the coach is going to say, that's not what we had in mind, Matt. Now, he had a great game, but he threw the interception. Some of us throw an interception sometimes. And I, I, don't, I don't know about you. I think I know about you. But sometimes in my life, I'm pumping this thing, and I'm feeling good. It's almost on cruise control. I mean, things are right. Bills are paid. Kids are serving God. Uh, In-laws are fine. Outlaws are fine. You know, you just, you're just really going along here. And then all of a sudden, it seems like all hell breaks loose. And I said, where did that come from? What happened? And then you're trying to figure it out, and pretty soon, you can just let go of this thing. And you can say, you know what? It's not working. Something's not going right. And the further you get away from it, what happens to the prime? You guys been on the farm? You know what I'm talking about. You lose the prime. And the prime starts to go down. What is that in our life? It's our faith. We've let go of our faith. Oh, we think God can do whatever he wants to do. But our faith is not plugged in to what God wants to do. And so we're walking away from the things of God. And before you know it, you start to become a little bit discouraged. You become a little bit despairing. You think, yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I just don't understand how this is going to work. <clears throat> when I read the life story of Oral Roberts, he was, he was not a mentor like a person I knew, but we were around that ministry for years out there in Tulsa. And I love the man. He and his wife are in heaven now. They've absolutely impacted the entire world. But here's a man just, just pumping, just building and impacting the world, uh, absolutely touching uh, the world for God. And all of a sudden he has a son who comes home from the military. And, uh, and the son, uh, whether it be post-traumatic stress syndrome or whatever he had, uh, you know, who knows. But the son right there in Tulsa, Oklahoma, killed himself, committed suicide. I mean, it had been easy to walk away from that. But he didn't. He kept pumping. And then he has a daughter-in-law who's involved in this ministry. Uh, no, excuse me, a daughter who's involved in this ministry. And a son-in-law. And they're flying out on ministry. I think it was ministry business. I'm not sure about that one. And the plane crashes and they both die. And, and someone asked him one time, said, Oral, how can you keep serving God with things like that happening in your life? And his response really touched my life uh, when I read it in the book. It, it said, well, if I turned and walked away from God, where would I go? Uh, who would I turn to? Who, who do we have? Turn to his neighbor and just don't, we, we don't have anybody. You don't have anybody but God. You can't turn away from God. Once you let go of this pump, once you let go of your faith, you'll start to lose the things of God. I'm preaching things that I'm living in my life right now. There are things that I never thought I would experience in my life that are beautiful and wonderful and awesome. There are things that I am experiencing in my life that I never thought I would experience this, but it's not beautiful, it's not awesome. It's, it would be one thing that you could let go of the pump. But you don't want to let go of the pump. Everybody said, don't let go of the pump. Because your faith is going to be in what God said. And in Luke chapter 5, verse 4, I want to share a little scripture there. I just kind of paraphrase it. But <clears throat> Peter, uh, Peter was an interesting guy. Back then, his name was Simon. He went by Simon until Jesus gave him the name Peter. But Peter's been uh, out there. He, he's been doing his thing all night fishing. It is so real, this story, 
when you're standing on the Sea of Galilee and you're experiencing exactly a person standing there who's a fisherman with his nets, with the boat, explaining to you when they fish, what time frame they fish, how hard the fishermen fish, and seeing them today doing it the same way they did when Jesus walked on this earth. It just makes it so much more vivid. Some of you have been there. You know what I'm talking about. And so, as I'm reading this story in regard to this message, Simon has preached, uh, has, has uh, fished all night long. That's when they fish. They go, out at, they go out at sunset sometimes, and then they'll fish all night long. And he couldn't, he didn't catch anything. Didn't catch anything. And he comes back in. How, how many of you realize what it's like to work all day? You work really hard, you're really tired, and you just want to lay down and go to sleep. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm, Pumping this pump, now my wife is going to say amen uh, to this, I know. But sometimes when I'm pumping this pump and everything is flowing, I'm, I'm ready to go. I am really good. And sometimes when I let go of that pump and my prime goes down, I have a tendency to like to sleep a lot. How many of you, when you get a little bit uh, detached from the things of God, you like to sleep a little bit longer than you should? Can I see your hand? I always say it's a medicinal thing, but uh, she knows exactly what it is. You're getting lazy, lethargic, and you're pulling away from the things of God. She just doesn't say it other than her eyes say it. And, and, and that, that happens sometimes if you're not really careful. And you say, well, I just need a little bit longer nap or whatever. But don't pull away from the things of God. And so, and so here's Simon. He, he, he's kind of upset. He's uh, worked all night long. This is his livelihood. If he doesn't have fish, he doesn't have anything. And he comes in. he got a guy standing on the shore, Jesus. And Jesus said, hey, buddy. Now, I know I'm paraphrasing this. We've got visitors here. But I know I'm paraphrasing this. So turn to your neighbor and tell him. He's just is paraphrasing the whole thing here. <clears throat> but he turns up. Jesus calls out and says, hey, buddy, I want to use your boat. I want to preach to the people out there. There's so many of them. And Simon says, well, okay. I can't imagine Simon being real excited about it. I, I can't imagine being real excited. They're cleaning the nets. They're cleaning the boat. The boat's up on the shore. <clears throat> I, I, I saw those boats, and for some reason it came to me as I was standing there in Israel. When they, when they pulled those boats up, those boats are a lot bigger than I thought they were. They are huge. And, and when you pull that boat up, on the shore, and you got everything cleaned up, and then this guy comes walking along, and he says, hey, buddy, I want to use your boat to preach a little bit, and, and you're going to push it out there. It would be real easy to miss the opportunity for a miracle of saying, I'm tired, my nets are being cleaned, and my boat is drying off. I don't need any extra duties. I'm going to go home and go to bed. Go home and go to bed. You can miss some of your miracles, too. Say amen to that. So what you got to do is you got to keep pumping this pump, pumping this pump. For whatever reason, we believe it's God, but Simon decided to do what Jesus said. <clears throat> and he let him use his boat. Then, after he's finished, Simon is still probably ready to take a nap or do something. And Jesus finally gets out of the boat then. He's done preaching. And he says, now, Simon, go on back out there into the deep. Go on back there into the deep. And you're going to catch a bucket full of fish. You're going to catch a net-breaking uh, uh, load of fish. And Simon says, but I've been out there all night. I've already done that. How many times do we answer God with a question? He tells us what to do. Come on, the next day is going to be a better day. And say, I already tried that. Or how many of you have a mind that is always trying to understand what and how it's going to work. Can I see your hands? In other words, it, 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 God is trying to show you and take you to the next level, and you're trying to figure out, well, now wait a minute, I tried that once before and it didn't work. 
How many of you realize if Babe Ruth had said, I tried to bat once before and I struck out, it wouldn't work? Sometimes things don't work the way we think they would, but everything works the way God wants it to. Turn to your neighbor and say, God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. If you strike out one time, you go back up there and plan to hit a home run the next time. Michael Jordan, I use that example a lot, but if he misses a shot, he doesn't say, I'm not going to shoot anymore. He's retired, obviously, but in my opinion, probably one of the greatest basketball players that ever played the game. If he misses a shot, he's not going to stop shooting. He's going to shoot again and again and again. And that's you and I. We get back up and we say, this is the way, this is the direction, this is the path I'm going to run. I know my God wants to bless me. Let's all say this. I know God wants to bless me. Tell your neighbor, I know God wants to bless me. <clears throat> how many times, how long, is, how long have we been uh, praying for a keyboard player? A year? And we've been talking about that, haven't we? My Pam, Pam said, she came to me the other day and she said, we need a keyboard player. And I said, we have one. <laughs> she said, that's not what I mean. She said, we need, she didn't say a real keyboard player, but that's what I started to say. She is a real keyboard player. She's anointed, but, but we have one. Now, I don't understand this. And sometimes Pam doesn't. But I know this. If God wanted us to have a keyboard player, different than the anointed one we have, we'd have them. But for some reason, he hasn't seen fit to bring it in yet. So therefore, we have the right one at the right place doing the right thing. Can we give her a hand and say amen? But we know, we know there's one coming. We know that eventually there'll be somebody that will replace me as the pastor of this church if the rapture doesn't come. We know somebody's going to come and replace you in what you're doing because you're going to go from glory to glory. You're going to go from something else if you don't take the hand off the pump. Otherwise, you'll go on cruise control and this pump, pump handle, it's just going to go down like that and it's, it's not going to accomplish anything. And you're going to look at it and say, you know what, I've been there, I've done that, I tried it, it didn't work. Well, you never get where God wants you to go by doing that. God has a great plan and a purpose for the rest of your life. Now, let's look. Peter's first response, I want to get over there so I'm on the same page with you. It, well, anyway, uh, I'll just share it with you. His, his response was this. His response was, we've already been out there. I fished all night. It didn't work. Sometimes that is our first thought. How many of you know you have a first responder? You, where's your first responder? It's between your ears right here. Your mind. And God is trying to get you to do something, and your mind says, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. I, 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 will give away money? No, I don't know if I want to give away any more money. I don't know if I really want to tithe, but the Word of God says I should tithe. The Word of God says I should speak the Word, and the blessings will come upon me. The Word of God said, well, I don't know about that. But, oh, no, I've already tried that, Jesus, and it didn't work. But then what does Simon say? came to his senses, got past the first responder, and here's what he said. Nevertheless, at your word, what was he doing? I don't even know if Simon understood it totally. But what he was doing was releasing his faith. He obviously had enough faith working that he had it working, and he said, you know what? I don't understand this, Jesus. I've been fishing all night. I've been working all night. I am tired, so tired. However, I'm going to give this a shot, and I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to go out there. And what's the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say? They had a net-breaking load. Not only was there one boat 
there were two boats. And they filled both boats, and they were almost sinking, meaning they probably couldn't bring any more fish in because they were at maximum capacity. How would you like to be at maximum capacity in your checkbook? How would you like to be like Hobby Lobby and David Green? How would you like to be like the Green family that every month sits down and determines and asks God how and where should we give these millions of dollars every month? What should we do? And God says, we want you to be involved in building the Bible Museum in Washington, D.C. and be involved with millions of dollars in the project. And the building is going to be dedicated very shortly. We want you to be involved in Israel, building a museum over there. And they begin to do it. And then God says, I want you to stand up to the Supreme Court of the United States. And they could easily say, wait a minute. We know somebody that did that before. We know somebody that tried that before and they lost their business. But they didn't. They said, this is what they said when the family came together. They said, you know, there's a possibility that if this isn't God. Everybody say, there's a possibility. There's a possibility that if this isn't God, we could lose our business. Hobby Lobby could go under. And the family together said this. It's so powerful in his book. I recommend all of his books that he's written. So powerful. And, uh, and, and he said, and then the family said, said to him, David Green, said, Dad, God gave us this business. If God doesn't want us to have it any longer, that's fine. He'll take care of us. But we know this is what God wants us to do. They took on the Supreme Court of America, and they won. We need to give a shout-out to God because God did it. When you plug into the things of God, the blessings of God will flow, and they'll come upon you. Now, what we have to understand and what we have to do is, am I walking by faith and not by sight? Am I living what the Word of God says? Am I letting that measure of faith that I have build and grow and grow and grow so that I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that I have the ability to accomplish and do great and mighty exploits, that God isn't finished with me yet? When you get to that point in your life, you really understand how important faith is. And then we begin to walk in it. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, man should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What builds our faith? What keeps our faith going? It is the word of God, what God said. When you, when you study the word of God, you realize how important the things of God are. So how do we keep our faith built up so that we don't walk away from it? You know, if, if, you're, if you're faith builders, the thing that is keeping your pump prime is on Sunday, you don't have enough. You're not going to make. How many of you eat more than one day a, a once a week? Uh, 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 two of you? Thank you. I understand. But, but you, you, you know what I'm talking about. You don't just eat on, on Sunday and say, well, I'll eat next Sunday and I'll come back and eat again. No, you don't do that. You eat because your body needs it. Your body, your mind needs faith. And that faith is in you, but you've got to tap into what God has for you. And once you do that, then the miracle working power of God begins to flow. And that's how people accomplish great and mighty exploits for God. I, I know there are so many things in my life that I know God has shown me, and I have them written down. I believe it's God. With all my heart, I believe it's God. And when I look at it, it builds my faith, and I'm strengthened. But when I try to figure it out, and I say, God, it's been a long time. What happened here? Abraham waited 25 years. 
God has waited a long time for his people to get their act together and walk by faith and not by sight. Because sometimes our sight, and that's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, sometimes our sight becomes more of a first responder than our faith. Our faith is, should be our first responder. How are we going to happen? What's, what's going to go on here? Well, God's going to heal me because I need healing. God's going to bless me financially because I need finances. God's going to renew my mind because I need my mind renewed. God's going to take care of my children because I know what God said. He's going to take care of me and my household. God's going to take care of everything because I trust him and I have confidence in him. And I know what his word says. Everybody say, I know what his word says. So therefore, if we will not let go of the Word of God, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 6 here. If you won't let go of the Word of God, the Word of God will build your faith and it will work for you. And your faith will tap into what the Word of God says. There were times, there was a time, and we'll go to Hebrews chapter 6 here in just a second. But Pam and I are living in, in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Lori and the kids. And I'm going to Bible school. Bible school makes no sense to me in the world. I'm going to Bible school because I thought God told me to go to Bible school, but I didn't understand why I'm going to Bible school. But I'm going to Bible school, and I'm praying that God will supply all of my needs. Well, the needs that were being supplied looked awfully meager to me. But I was pumping this old pump, and I'm living by faith, and every time we're in church and in Bible school, and I'm hearing that, the, you know, that you walk by faith, not by sight, you speak to mountains to be removed and don't be looking at them, but realize that those things in the realm of the spirit are being removed and I'm not able to pay my bills and all things are going wrong. And Well, we are able to pay our bills. We're just not able to pay them on time and there's just all sorts of challenges. I told Pam when we got married, I said, you may want to wait a while. She got married in a fever. She wanted to marry me right away. Glory to God. And I said, is that true or not? Now, is that true? Okay. I understand. I understand. <laughs> But I, did, but I forewarned her. I said, you may want to wait a while. No, 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 no. We don't need to wait a while. You know, first date, let's get married. And, and, and so anyway, so anyway we, we, we go out there, and pretty soon she finds out that maybe I should have waited a while. But anyway, it goes on. And, and, and all of a sudden, I have this great revelation. It wasn't from God, but it was a great revelation. I, I know. I'll quit Bible school. And uh, I'll go to work at McDonald's, and uh, I'll make a little bit extra money here, and then when I save up enough money, I'll go back to serving God. I've heard that one before. Sometimes in counseling, when, when, when people uh, uh, will want to meet with me about something, they'll say, well, I'm going to do what God said just as soon as I save up enough money. And I think, I've been there, done that. Boy, are you in for trouble. And, and, and I went to McDonald's and, and worked there. Oh, my goodness. They had me working, what, Four o'clock at night till two in the morning, and then going to four in the morning, work till midnight. I, I truly thought I had died. I really did. It was, it was horrible. And, and uh, but all of a sudden, this pump handle. There was no prime. There was no. There was no faith. There, there was nothing. It was just trying to get through day by day by day, until finally one day in the shower, I heard this word. I'm just taking a shower, and this is the word I heard. If you don't go back to Bible school now, you will miss my plan for your life. I heard it so strong. It just shook me. Wow. Come out of that shower. Went out in the kitchen, told Pam. She said, I've just heard the same thing. You're supposed to be back in Bible school. So now I go back in Bible school thinking everything's going to be great. Like this. Just all the blessings. It wasn't like that at all. 
is like this. I can so relate to Zig. I'd lost all the prime. Oh, glory to God. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be anywhere. I don't even know why I married her. I don't know why I did anything at all. You just run through. You, you know, the devil got total control of your mind. It's, I don't even want to live. And I, I think I go back to drinking Coors again. And, and, you know, I mean, all that stuff going on. And all of a sudden, my goodness, I just really, uh, you got to be tough to uh, use this thing. Could you give me some Kleenex? <laughs> and uh, it's just what happens when you get on blood thinner. You just, uh, you just bleed all over the place. Glory to God. I didn't realize this was going to be a hazardous duty experience up here. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so anyway, we finally went back to Bible school, and uh, you know what? I'm going to need a mandate too. <laughs> finally went to Bible school. <laughs> ah, purple heart service. Anyway, <laughs> finally went back to Bible school, but uh, it's going to be a little harder pumping this now. But but anyway, after a while, it started to flow, and it started to flow. And all of a sudden, I, I thank you, Lisa. Uh, thank you. If you give a, what do you give an apple to a prophet? You get an apple back. Where's that go? How's that go? Prophet's reward or whatever. So anyway, uh, I didn't see, I didn't see all of the blessings of God take over our finances. But the way I viewed our situation was different. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It wasn't that the situation changed from the standpoint of where we were. It was how I viewed the situation changed. It didn't affect my mind. Why? Because the very thing I walked away from tormented my mind because the devil got in. But when I was back, this renewed my mind. And all of a sudden, I can do all things. Through Christ, who strengthens me. God wants me to walk on water. I can walk on water. Probably be ice first, but I can do it. <laughs> you understand what I'm talking about. And then God said, and then, I, then and, and I'll get on here in just a second, but, and then you meet a, 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 you're praying one day and you're looking at the building. I'm talking about myself now, but, but you can relate to something in your own life. You see a building for the church, and you see the building. I think, glory to God. That building would be a perfect church. You say, man, I wish I could find out who the owner is. So you call, you find out who the owner is, and you send them a text message. And say, I've been praying. I believe God is going to show me the building that we have. And I believe that the owner would know uh, uh, that that's our building. Go make... <laughs> it's been a long time. And the owner will know and, and that, that it was God. It's going to be a God thing. And so all of a sudden, I'm going into a Chinese restaurant. Maybe I need to go into Chinese restaurants more often. I'm going into a Chinese restaurant, and I get a phone call. And this guy says, this is David Sachs. Who is this? I says, Bill Mickler. He said, I've been wanting to talk to you. You're the guy that sent me that telegram, you know, that, that text message, and he's the owner of the building. You know, the new building. I said, yeah. And he said, uh, tell me about that God stuff. What do you think God did? He's a very wealthy, multimillionaire Jewish man out in Manhattan. He said, tell me about that God stuff. What do you think God's doing about that building? He said, you're right. It'd make a perfect church. And he said, I'm going to help you get that church. I never even knew that guy. And all of a sudden, it's lining up with what I thought in my prayer journal. And, I, and then, you know, to try to make a long story short, we ended up going out to Manhattan, meeting the guy, and, and, and he's talked to the mayor of the city, and, 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 and he said, I, I, 
I think, I think God's going to show me how to give you that building. He said something to the mayor about the same thing. And the mayor showed up at the city council meeting and said, hey, we're not going to give any of that building because that's a big tax revenue. And, and so far, we haven't been able to do anything. It's, it seems like it's come to a standstill. How many of you got some things in your life that seems like it's come to a standstill? Can I see your hands? just seems like, don't let go. Don't let go. Everybody say, don't let go. And, and over the course of years, sometimes I have a tendency, especially when it comes to the land and building, to just, uh, I probably miss God. Someday we'll, I'll probably have to stand in front of the whole church and say, I'm oh, sorry, guys, I took you down the wrong path. We'll find another path. Sue O'Brien's been down about every path in Lafayette with me <laughs> for looking at buildings and land. We're going to give her a medal one of these days. And... Uh, but, but I felt like the, guy got, the Lord said, don't you let go of what I've told you I'm going to do. And this came to me the other day. I said, God, I don't know about your time frame. I didn't say it this way, but he knew what I meant. How many of you know God knows your heart? He knew what I was saying. God, I think your time frame sucks. <laughs> he knew what I was thinking. But I felt like the Lord said, don't you be concerned about the timing. You just be concerned about walking by faith, not by sight. And I say the same thing to each of you. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. It's a powerful scripture. Through faith and patience, we will inherit the promises. Through faith and patience, we will inherit the, prophet, the, uh, the promises. And then Hebrews 10, 35. Don't cast away your confidence, which... Uh, uh, has great reward. Don't cast away your confidence. There have been times in my life as I have walked with the Lord that I've had great confidence, great confidence in who I am and what he's doing and what he's saying to do. And then there are times in my life when I know I've cast away that confidence. I've let this thing go. I've just let go of it and say, God, I don't know. I'm going to McDonald's. I mean, when I look back at that now, that is the dumbest thing. I mean, that is dumber than Forrest Gump. Uh, and Forrest Gump became a millionaire. But, but anyway, you know, you, know, you know the story I'm talking about. That who would take their hand off the handle of faith in their right mind? Nobody. Nobody in their right mind. So what do we do? How do we handle this? We've got to get to the point when we understand these next three things. You know it, I know it, and all of us struggle with doing it. Number one, <clears throat> we have to meditate the Word of God day and night. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am the head, not the tail. I have the mind of Christ. I walk by faith and not by sight. I know what God said. I know what God said. We got our little meditation journal. We pick it up every, every day. If you don't have one of these, you need it in your car. You need it someplace. Where every single day, during the course of the day, you're going to see it and you're going to read it. Something that will encourage, exhort, and edify you. So we have that mind continually renewed. We're meditating the Word of God day and night. Number two, we speak 
the word of God. We speak it to ourselves. We speak it to one another. We speak things that are building faith. We say that we have great and mighty exploits ahead. Our God is supplying our land and our building. My God is taking care of each and every one of my children. They will fulfill their God-given destiny because they are the seeds of the righteous. And the seeds will not return void. And we don't get down. We don't let things depress us. And then number three, we act like the word says. We act like it's true. You know, people that act. How many of you, Chris is not in here. Chris has never met a, never met a stage or a room that she couldn't go in and act in it. She, is, she always wanted to be an actress. She always wanted to be in Hollywood. Well, it comes from your mom. Your mom wanted to be in Hollywood. She finally danced on Hollywood. She had, had John, Pam's dad, before he died, take her, took her to uh, Hollywood, not Hollywood, uh, Broadway. Broadway, Broadway, and she danced down the sidewalks of Broadway. She said she always wanted to dance on Broadway, so she finally did. But, but, but you know, the world is a stage for you and I to project the love of God. And I'll close with this. Uh, it just really touched my heart. Uh, I love helping people. I love helping people more than preaching. I mean, hopefully the preaching helps <laughs> the people too. But, but I mean, I love, I love to just go one-on-one with people. And last Sunday, some of you were here when we were getting ready to leave. Kind of like Peter probably fishing all night. I, I was really tired. I want to go home. And there's a guy in the, in the uh, uh, grass across the street on his knees. And well, first of all, he's standing up, but you could tell he's really struggling. Something was wrong with him. And uh, so I looked at him for a while, and, and pretty soon he fell down on his knees. And, you know, he just, he's a pretty unkept guy. And so I pulled my car over there. I said, you okay? And he said, I can't breathe. And so I talked to him for a while, and then he started throwing up. And, and uh, you know, it wasn't exactly what I had planned after the service. Uh, <laughs> But but he was in distress. There's no question. And so I'm I'm praying with him and and just praying the spirit and 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 trying to calm him down. We called an ambulance and the ambulance came and and uh, so finally yet uh, that Monday I asked Sandy I said see if you can find that guy. See if he's still in the hospital. And he was. He was in the hospital. So. I went up to see him, and Monday he was sound out. They, just got, we, they couldn't even wake him up. They think he might have had some kind of heart attack, but they weren't sure. He was a young guy, 40 years old. So I went back to see him Tuesday. And so Tuesday, he's still asleep, and, and I said, well, I, I just want to talk to him and see if he's okay. And I said, oh, we'll wake him up. He needs to wake up. Anyways. So they woke the guy up. And so he's looking at me, and he said, do I know you? I said, well, I was with you across the street. Some of the others of you were there, too. And I said, I was with you across the street praying for you. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, you got that foreign language. What, what, language, what, what country is that? And <laughs> I, I was praying in spirit. <laughs> and I said, well, well that's, a, that's, a, that's a language that, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I was explaining it to him. I said, huh, huh. He wasn't really buying into it. And I said, I'd like to pray for you. I said, tell me, tell me your background. He said, I'm a homeless person. And uh, I'm down here from Chicago, and, and, and I'm really homeless right now. And I said, well, why don't you come see me and you get out and we'll talk. God's got a plan, a purpose for your life. He said, you really think so? And I said, yeah. And he told me his background, and it's, it's really pretty horrible background. And I really felt for the guy. He's so young. And, uh, and I said, well, would you like to receive Jesus? And he said, no, I'm an agnostic. I said, oh, okay. I said, How's that working out for you? And he, he looks at me. He says, 
not too good. <laughs> I said, well, being a Christian is working out pretty good for me. He says, is it? I said, oh, yeah. I said, God's got a plan for my life and purpose and things for me to do and people for me to help and places for me to go. See, I'm not thinking about the land and the building. I'm not thinking about all the kids I haven't seen where they belong. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really... I'm really flowing. I'm really taking this pump apart. Uh, (laughs) And, and, you know, I'm on my game plan that God has for me. And all of a sudden, I said to the guy, I said, would you like what I have? How do you get that? And I said, well, I'm going to lead you to Jesus. And Jesus is going to come into your heart. He's going to change your life. He's going to renew your mind. He's going to show you the plan for your life. And you're going to live forever. And we're going to have a great time. Yeah, I'd like that. I prayed for him. He began to sob. And he began to weep. And I did too. And I thought, you know, glad I wasn't tired Sunday. No, I was tired Sunday. (laughs) I'm glad I didn't succumb to the tiredness. I'm glad I pulled over there. Because I'll never forget. That was a life-changing experience for him. But it was a life-changing experience me. Let's change. Stand to our feet. God has a plan for your life and he wants to bless you and you got to stir up that pump. How many of you, how many of you got a pump that you know it needs to be stirred up and primed a little bit? Can I see your hands? Because God wants us to go from glory to glory. He's got great and mighty exploits for us. Doesn't matter how young you are. Doesn't matter how old you are. God wants to use you. As a matter of fact, God showed me this the other day because every once in a while I complain about the age, my age. I, I, I don't complain about it. I don't, I don't complain about it. I really don't. I say to God, do you know how old I am? As, as if, oh gosh, no, I forgot. I've got to change my plan. <laughs> but I felt like the Lord said, age is irrelevant to me. Why don't you stop thinking about that and think about the experience and the wisdom that you have. When I say wisdom, I'm not talking about wisdom that I've every everything I've done is right. Some of my best wisdom has come from things I've learned after I did them wrong. <laughs> and I realize that I'm not doing that anymore. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I pray for every person here today. Lord, there is such a great plan that you have for our lives. People for us to touch people like George over there in the grass that just needs somebody to stop and say, you're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. We're going to call for help. And that help is God. That help is Jesus. That help is the power of the Word of God. Lord, if we're built up and if we're where we need to be, we're ready for these assignments. And I thank you for every person here today. While we're bowed in prayer, I want to ask you the most important question you will ever answer. Do you know without a doubt that if you died today, you'd go to be with Jesus? Maybe you're here and you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter. You know you've walked away from the things of God. Let this be the day that God comes into your life and restores you. And if I've described you, I'm going to ask you just to slip your hand in the air. We're going to pray for you. Anyone at all. While we're still in prayer, 
how many of you would say this message was for you? Can I see your hands? This message was for you. How many of you would say that there are areas in your life where you know you need to get back to that pump and you need to let that prime work so that you can pull up through faith those things of God and get you through where you are? Can I see your hands? Lift them real high. Father, you see every hand that's lifted in this place. Lord, without obedience to your word and to your will and to the leading of your Holy Spirit, we continue to walk on the road that we're on. But once we make a declaration and a decision to change, then we begin to move forth. We begin to get our hand on the handle of that pump. And we begin to get that prime up there and we don't let go. We continue to pump that and pump that until that prime is there. And then, Lord, we just walk and bask in the promises that you have for us. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. I pray for every person with their hand lifted. Lord, that whatever it is that they need to make a change in their life, to put the Word of God first, to speak that Word, to meditate that Word, to not be moved by what they see, but only to be moved by what they believe that this would be a life-changing message and that we would begin to act it out with the confidence, knowing that you are with us, knowing that you're going to bring us through. We give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Now, I want us all to make this confession right now. Lord, I know I walk by faith and not by sight. I know without a doubt I am to meditate your word day and night just like Joshua. And then through you, I make my way successful and prosperous. I know that I should act righteous. I should act successful. I should act like my life is the abundant life. That's what you gave me. Therefore, my actions will be one of a person going from glory to glory, bringing your word and your power everywhere that I go. I can do it. I know I can do it. Through you who strengthened me. Can you say amen? Let's give the Lord a hand. Go and be blessed.